Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting podcast in association with Gambler Tips. Hi guys, hope you're well. Mark O'Hare here from We Love Betting to help steer the ship towards some weekend value from the Premier League and beyond. With me to discuss the odds and the lines and all the markets is the brilliant Tom Love. How are you doing this evening, Tom? I'm very well, thank you, Mark. Yeah, looking forward to the weekend. A few good fixtures to get our teeth into, um, Premier League and on the continent. So, yeah, plenty of uh, decent punting opportunities, I think. Good stuff. Looking forward to hearing your views on the weekend's football. No Jack Lambden again this weekend, but we're delighted to bring back our very capable replacement, Will Dyer. It was excellent for us last weekend. So, back on the lineup, Will. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Mark. Thanks for the kind words. Glad, uh, glad I could be of assistance again. Good man. Uh, now, before we get into this weekend's matches, your Nats might not have landed last weekend. Two very frustrating draws uh, for both of you, really. But, uh, Tom, we did land a few big price winners uh, throughout the podcast last weekend, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, we had a, a couple uh, in the in the Saints game against Spurs. We were, we were kind of erring towards Saints in that one, but... Um, we did fancy goals as well, so the both teams to score and both teams over one card that came in, and that was priced at nine to two, which I thought was very generous indeed. So a nice big price winner there. And um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I mentioned that he'd uh, have a couple of shots from distance. He managed three in the end uh, from outside the box, so it was even money for one shot outside the box, which was absurd, really. And it was around uh, 15 to 2, I think, for two or more. Um, so big, big prices there. And um, definitely one to kind of keep on top of. Um, obviously, the markets aren't available for that just just yet. But um, that's where you can really find some decent prices if you really do your digging. And uh, yeah, glad that a couple of uh, big prices put us in the green there. Yeah, good stuff. Great work from the guys. Um, Will, I know we're still a little shy on data and evidence for the new season. Um, you mentioned last week you'll be picking and choosing your battles when identifying sort of penalty or red card value, especially in the early stages. But uh, I just wanted to ask you for your thoughts and your insights, really. Um, when you are punting these red card markets, the, the penalty markets as well, what's the most, most important aspect you look for? Uh, I'd assume it's the referee, but really interested to hear your views. Yeah, yeah, it is the referee. Um, we put a highest weighting to that. I won't go into to too many trade secrets on our little model that we've got um, about what the other factors are, but the referee is the most important one. And then we, we kind of come to a little implied probability when we add all those factors together and then compare against the odds. Um, I guess the, the issue here for something like the Premier League um, is the odds are often actually shorter than the probability suggests. So therefore, obviously, you've got a no-bet scenario. Um Although, yeah, I think you also have to track the changes to to any rules or guidance for those referees operating in those leagues. And it seems like in the Premier League, something, a bit of a paradigm shift there going on at the moment. Um, there were 44 goals last weekend, weren't there? There was a, a record in the Premier League uh, game mm. week. And and eight of those came from penalties. or There were eight penalties awarded. I think a couple were missed. But if we keep getting p- penalties at that, high rate then we're going to get a higher goals per game rate too um the refs have been told to go to the sideline to review more now um some of these handballs are being given when we before they were being overruled by VAR so I think 
clearly something's happened behind the scenes and um, to have had 12 penalties in 18 matches so far is absolutely crazy and it's way over double the rate that we would usually get in the Premier League in the last sort of decade or so. Um, When it comes to Reds as well, um, I mean, it just depends so, so much on a league level as well. So we have an indicator for that because Reds in the Premier League have always been kind of you know, we, we kind of take a lenient approach to that. I don't know if that, you know, it's a perceived kind of hard tackling style of football in the country or if it's related to like a, a greater respect towards the referee um, than maybe some of the other leagues have. But the, the number per game is clearly way, way lower than somewhere like the Serie A or La Liga. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tom, while we're talking about trends, um, Will mentioned there the, the record-breaking weekend for goals in the Premier League. Not quite the same in the Championship, where we're operating around a, a sort of 2.04 goals per game mark after two rounds. No draws in the Premier League either yet. Um, any early season trends that you think might be lasting a little bit longer than just a, a couple of weeks? Um, it's interesting, the one about draws. I think that, especially at the start of the season, teams are more than happy to just go for the win and not really settle for a draw because the nerves obviously aren't setting in yet. It's, they're not in a scenario where a point will suffice, really. Um, they can be a bit more free in their approach. And that's made for goals. Um, I, I think they kind of go hand in hand, really. Um, having said that, I think it is important when you're looking at this, um, just because there's been a weekend full of goals, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again. So what you've got to kind of look into is uh, more towards the, the data side of things, the expected goals. I know a lot of people kind of frown at stuff like that but I mean long term it, it does it kind of even itself out and there were a lot of really good strikes from distance and um, kind of difficult angles as well uh, so the expected goals were significantly lower um, which you would expect um, in any kind of scenario where there's going to be a, a record-breaking amount of goals scored so yeah um, kind of look beyond that um, not always you're going to get uh, shots from distance going in and um, keepers kind of having an off day. Um, but yeah, the quality was very high in terms of finishing and um, it kind of showcases the talent that is in the Premier League, especially um, going forward. So yeah, don't take too much from it. Uh, take it with a pinch of salt, really. Um, but yeah, I've I, I been impressed with uh, the standard of football, especially going forward, if not defensively. Okay, uh, so four big game previews coming up, uh, but first I just wanted to shout out WB Gold, uh, a new members channel involving myself, Tom and Jack on Telegram. We're posting our best value selections there after, and after a, a rocky opening day, shall we say, uh, we're hopefully now on the right path and progressing quite well. So thank you to all subscribers. We're hugely thankful for your support uh, and to those listening and interested in joining, just head to the We Love Betting website for more details. Okay, uh, let's get into the games then. A few fantastic-looking Premier League matches to get our teeth into. We'll start with the standout showdown of the weekend. It comes on Monday night between Liverpool and Arsenal at Anfield. Liverpool 2-1 to one on uh, to win the match. Arsenal 11-2 to two best price. Tom, for me, this is Mikel Arteta's litmus test. Uh, just to see where Arsenal really are. Do you think they can end Liverpool's 60-game unbeaten run at Anfield in the Premier League? If not, what's the best bet and why? Um, I, I don't think they will, to be honest. I, to be honest, I've been impressed with Arsenal under Arteta. Um, 
there was a lot of talk kind of towards the end of last season and even the start of this season really that their approach in, in terms of like data hadn't really improved but I've, you can see kind of with the eye test that they're much more disciplined now they're set up uh, in a much more solid kind of formation players know where to play um, they kind of try and get the most out of a Bamiyang, as we've mentioned before, get, getting overloads on the left-hand side and letting him drift in. And it's really worked for them. Um, they've kind of beefed up the defence now, which is um, kind of overdue, really, uh, since the Wenger days. And, yeah, I, I, I fancy them to go pretty well this season. But, yeah, it's these games that will, as you said, it is the litmus test and... Um, to be honest, if they lost this, no Arsenal fans can really complain unless it's an embarrassment. Uh, just because Liverpool's home record under Jurgen Klopp is uh, absurd, really. Um, you've not really seen anything like that. Um, I think it's just six, 60 odd games now beaten, which is yes. incredible, really, unheard of. And um, when you're seeing quotes of one to two about Liverpool here, um, you can kind of look and roll your eyes a bit like that's a bit too short against a team like Arsenal. But is it? Um, if you're going off data and stuff, Arsenal about a mid-table team last season. Uh, same again from what we've seen this season. They've only played Fulham and West Ham, uh, two teams that have been expected to struggle. So, yeah, I think the price about Liverpool's fair. Um, I wouldn't be back in Arsenal, to be honest. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they managed to get on the score sheet, just given what Leeds managed to do um, at Liverpool. And obviously Liverpool did play against 10 men for the majority against Chelsea as well, so they didn't really get tested there. Um, I think that the bet here for me is you've got to get a bit creative. Um, I, I was looking at Liverpool and both teams to score. It's shot and 2-1 to one now, so... Um, it, it could be a bit shorter than the 15 to 8 that's on offer, but just because the the defence with Fabinho back there looked really good, I think that any kind of counter attacks that the Gunners might have, he's rangy enough to kind of get about. He's called the octopus, you know, he can get his legs all, all, all over the place and uh, stop people getting through. And him and Van Dyke now can have them two and slot Thiago in at defensive midfield just to completely run the game. And they're looking um, just too good all over the park. I think that that addition with Thiago is going to be inspired. It, it could even win them the title um, if he really does quicken uh, to that formation there. So, yeah, I think Liverpool are fine, but I'm going to head to the Bet365 bet builder just to get a bit more out of this. And if you combine Liverpool to win, over one goal in the match and Arsenal to have over zero cards, you get five to six, so 1.83, um, which is much more backable. Um, if you look at Liverpool's home wins, so many of them have seen goals as well. Um, it, it could be a 2 0, 3 0 job. That's why I just don't want to back the winning both teams to score. Um, Arsenal as well, uh, the joint dirtiest team last season, along with Spurs. Uh, especially away from home, they, they like to rat about and um, cause carnage, really, and that kind of did continue under Arteta after Emery left. So I think that um, that looks like a, a clever way to get in, um, a, a decent enough price at five to six. Also, I'd just keep tabs on what we mentioned last week with Trent Alexander-Arnold. 
Uh, obviously, this match is on Monday. We're recording on a Thursday, so a lot of the player markets haven't been um, updated yet or even put on site. But if he if he's around the same prices for a shot outside the box, there's no reason to not go back in. Uh, I'd probably back that down to about 1.75 for him to have a shot outside the box because they get a free kick, he's going to be on it, uh, most likely. And your bet's pretty much in. So, yeah, take him kind of 2-3 as well, um, if if the prices do allow for that. Um, but, yeah, the minimum price I'd go to on that is about 17 to 10 or 1. Um, not 17 to 10, about 4 to 5. If you can get 4 to 5, I'd bet I think that's a great bet. Um, but, yeah, one to kind of hold out for in the next couple of days when that comes live. It'll come live on Coral, that. Uh, yeah, but my main bet will be Liverpool to win over one goal in the game and Arsenal to have at least one card at five to six. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Um, will Monday night, big game at Anfield, presume you'll be watching, but uh, what will you be backing? Yeah, I'll be watching. Uh, maybe not in a pub, as some people have pointed out, that we um, <laughs> finish after the 10pm deadline, so people will have to leave at 88 minutes. They've shifted forward like so people can go to the pub to watch it. Have they, they actually it by moved forward it? 15 minutes, yeah. Wow, OK, that's great. <laughs> well, then maybe I will. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of echo what Tom said there as well. Um, uh, for me, the bet is probably just a simple both teams to score at 7-10 to 10, um, at Betway at the minute. Um, I expected that to be a bit shorter than that. The Gunners have only failed to score on one of the last 18 Anfield visits since 2006, which is quite mad, really. Um, it's just game is always goal-laden, isn't it? And it, although that's changed with the with the teams and the, and the, the lineups over the years, it seems to continue. Uh, 14 of the last 16 meetings have seen both sides score. Um, I expect Liverpool would have conceded against Chelsea last weekend. I mean, they obviously gave away a pen that Jorginho didn't finish. Um, uh, but without that red card as well, Chelsea probably would have been getting a goal in that game, I'd have felt. Um, so, yeah, both teams to score for me. Um, Thiago made a nice impression in 45 minutes there. Um 75 passes, which is nine more than any other player has ever made in a 45-minute cameo. So, a, a new record as well there. Um, so, they might be even better at controlling games than I would be siding towards Liverpool to win the match. But Arsenal are an improving team. A lot of young players in there, people coming back from loans elsewhere and starting to gel together. I think improvement's going to be given on their season compared to last season, but still probably would be siding with Liverpool. But yeah, I'm not going to risk it. Just both needs to score at 7-10 to 10 for me. Nice stuff. I agree with a lot of the, what the guys have said there. So um, let's move back a day to Sunday. Uh, Manchester City welcome Leicester to the Etihad City. I thought were very impressive in the first half uh, against Wolves uh, on Monday night, considering it was their first game of the season. Uh, no real surprise to see their very short favourites uh, to beat Leicester. 3-1 to one on, Leicester 11-1 to one best price. Will, I'll come to you first. Where's the value for, for Sunday's match? Yeah, uh, this one, I'm looking straight at the penalty market. I'm expecting a high amount of goals, which is another thing that will kind of factor into to a penalty-based bet. If the if the bookies' lines are saying that there's going to be more goals than, than usual, then obviously you've got a higher chance of penalties if one in six goals is a penalty, or depending on what the league average is. So... Um, yeah, Leicester are 10-1 to one to score a penalty. Um, the ref is uh, Kavanagh, 
I believe. Um, have I got that right? Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I think they're um, they're looking. Both of these teams are pretty good going forward in the first in their first few games. Um, Vardy's back to winning penalties. Um, as I said, we were inundated with them last week. Uh, it's actually Michael Oliver. Sorry, best. Um, he's one of the best around for penalties in the Premier League. Um, 0.29 per game. He gave two in Liverpool's opener against Leeds. Didn't give one in Arsenal West Ham last weekend, but we're not going to expect him every week. Um, when you look to to City, Aguero is obviously their usual pen taker, but uh, he's out still for Pep saying for about another month or two. So De Bruyne, he's nine to five to score any time, or you could try and opt for the six to one to score a penalty. Uh, available bet victor in the bet builder market so I'm, I'm going for that there um city are just 1.3 to win um expect them to but leicester as leicester seem to have declined recently in terms of maybe tactically and ability wise um but i would still expect them to bag a goal against city just because city's still such an inconsistent side in terms of personnel at the back i mean i think pep had seven players out for that game against wolves Laporte should be back um, this weekend. He he might even play tonight in that EFL Cup tie. Uh, but they still haven't found their defensive now, have they? So you, if I was looking at another market, it'd be City to win and both teams to score at 6-4 to four with, with most bookmakers. Yeah, I like that. Um, Tom, what did you make of uh, City's first game? And, and how do you find value when they're such short-priced favourites in a game like this? Um, I thought against Wolves, though, I'm very on board with what you said, Mark. I thought they were very impressive because that's a very tough game for them. Um, we've known how much that Pep doesn't like playing against Wolves, um, but I thought they were very professional. Um, defensively, I thought they were pretty good, to be fair, even though they did concede in the end. Uh, but they were effective enough going forward. I think they got over two expected goals as well. Obviously got that late goal. Um, which put a bit of gloss on the scoreline. Um, but they were de- deserving in their win, I thought. And yeah, I was impressed. Um, they've kind of set the benchmark now. And uh, I do expect them to win this one. I mean, Leicester, they've kicked off. I think they're top at the minute um, after two games. They're, they've done pretty well. Um, but having said that, they've played West Brom and Burnley, two games that they were expected to win. This is a much different challenge, I think it's fair to say. And um, massive news this week is that Wilfred and Didi is ruled out for, I think it's around two months, possibly, um, which is a massive blow for Leicester. We know how influential he is. Um, even even when he's at centre-half and he has to fill in, he always manages to do a job. But I, I think Mendy in that role is a, a downgrade, um, a quite significant one as well. And... Not having that protection to the back line um, does make me fear. Uh, they did concede twice against Burnley and they lost the XG battle in that game despite winning 4-2. So it, it's not a, not really a season, well, start the season where I want to get on board with Leicester when indeed he isn't there. Uh, having said that, I do think they're going to be a big threat on the break with Barnes and Perez and Vardy. Um, we know how City uh, tend to pick up quite a few cards against teams that play on the counter-attack. They did against Wolves. They picked up three cards in that. 
Uh, Wolves picked up zero. So we mentioned that last week, City on the card handicap. And um, it's it's about fair at the minute. I was looking at the card handicap again. Um, then again, Man City do have some tricky players and Leicester might be in for a few cards as well. So the angle that I took in this, which will be my main bet, is Manchester City to have 20 or more booking points, which is odds against 11 to 10, 2.1 with Skybet. Uh, really do like that. Um, even at home against the lesser lights, um, teams that like to break on them, they're, they're happy to take a yellow here and there. And obviously, um, it's going to be a title race for the ages, I think, this. And uh, each game is going to be massive for these uh, top clubs. So I'm expecting them to be quite cynical in their approach, um, stop the likes of Barnes and Vardy getting through. And. Um, happy to kind of concede free kicks from non-dangerous areas. Um, so I think 20 plus booking points for City looks really generous. I think they were about mid-table when it came to cards last season, despite them being quite comfortable in a lot of games. Um, so yeah, definitely one to look at there. Um, but Pep did mention that he's going to play the kids on Thursday night, as we're recording, um, in their Carabao Cup tie against Bournemouth. So they should be fresh and... Um, yeah, I do expect them to win, um, but I'll just come back to the question that you, hear, you posed at the start there, Matt. How do you get value out of Manchester City? In these? It, it's kind of a, an age-old question because um, they, they deserve to be so, sh- uh, so short, uh, to be honest. I actually think one to three is fair. Um, I, I'm not going to say that that's a bad price. Um, whenever you see a team at around one to three, you can get a minus one on the normal handicap or minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap. Um, near enough to evens. Um, I think that's around 1.8 here, um, which I think is fair as well. But I, I tend to um, look at the correct score market um, just to give us a bit more interest in the bigger price, really. And there's a term in betting called dutching, which is um, kind of combining uh, two correct scores or two outcomes um, and splitting your stakes accordingly. So what I'm going to do is dutch the 3-1 correct score for Man City and the 4-1. And if you put 60% of your stake on 3-1 and 40% of your stake on 4-1, 10-1 and 16-1 respectively, they're both with Bet365 best price at the minute. Um, If you combine them, you're getting around a 5.67-1 shot. Um, which does look quite tempting. I mean, it landed nine times all in all last season. Uh, this fixture last season ended 3-1 to City. So I could see something similar here. But, um, yeah, I, I can see it being 3-1 at some point in this game. But uh, I kind of want the 4-1 on side as well, given the, the fact that Man City do go till the end. They're, they're quite stat, stat padders and uh, they'll look to rack up as many goals as they can. Uh, but I, I do expect uh, Leicester to get on the score sheet here. Um, but yeah, Man-, Man City to win pretty comfortably in the end. So Dutch the 3-1 and 4-1. Um, but my main bet will be City 20-plus booking points, 11-10 to 10 with Sky. Great stuff. Uh, the final Premier League game we're going to look at is on Saturday. Uh, the early kickoff, Brighton welcoming Man United to the Amex. Tom, I'll stay with you. Uh, United were dreadful last week, but they... Uh, won quite comfortably at the Amex as recently as June. They were around four to seven to win that match. Yet they're five to six on Saturday. So does the away win tempt you at all? And if not, what is the play? 
Um, it doesn't tempt me just because of how United played last week. I thought they were they were poor, they were slow out the traps. Um, against a team in Palace that they're expected to win. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a thing that's been happening with United and under under Solskjaer. Um, the games they're expected to win, especially at home, to be honest, they, they've managed to slip up in and. Um, I actually rate Brighton as a much better side than Palace. Um, I think they were around mid-table on the data last season. Um, so they were quite harshly done by ending where they did. But they were, they're looking a lot more um, like a team, I think, this season. I was really impressed with them against Newcastle. I thought they were very comfortable, deserved their win there. And uh, against Chelsea... The week before, I think the expected goals battle was about equal on that, around 1.5 each, uh, there or thereabouts. And Chelsea did have a penalty in that. So, uh, I'm, I'm, it's not so much anti-United, it's more pro-Brighton for me that I don't want to back United at uh, odds on here. I think there's a better bet at the same price, really, which is both teams to score, which is 4-5 to five or 1.8. Exactly the same price as United are going off at. Um, I'd much rather back that, um, given how bad United looked at the back. They looked slow and cumbersome with Lindelof and Maguire, who still failed to convince for me. Uh, I don't think they're strong enough at left-back whenever Williams comes in. Um, and Shaw, Shaw was OK for parts of last season, but um, it's not really a Champions League defence, is it? So I think Brighton can get at them, especially at home here. And... Um, They've looked like they've got a bit more pace about them. I've been really impressed, as everyone has, with Terry Quamty at right-back. Uh, Trossard as well, who's, who's kind of had a, a bedding in period now. I'm expecting big things from him. It's very impressive in Belgium. Um, but Bissouma got sent off, didn't he? I think, I'm not sure if they've looked at that again, but um, if they haven't, then he will be out. He's quite an underrated player, I think. Uh, gets about the pitch, does a lot of the dirty work. Um, but overall, I think the the front three is dangerous. I, I do like the back line as well. Loads of options at centre-half. Um, and yeah, I, I expect them to be competitive here. But um, Man United do have a lot of options now and they did rest and rotate midweek, as did Brighton. Um, so I'm expecting a, an entertaining game and both teams to score is quite generous at 4-5 to five, I thought um, so that'll be my main bet um, just following on from uh, Terry Quamty really he he was fouled four times against Newcastle uh, marauding down that right hand side loves to get forward and uh, given the playing him as a wing back really here I think that um, he, he's got the licence to do that and He's going to be one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on, uh, similar to the likes of Zaha, Grealish and Adama Traore, uh, for one who's going to draw a lot of fouls because he's very quick. Uh, it's quite short as well, which is very hard to not foul him. Um, being about six foot four myself, playing at Sunday League against midgets, um, yeah, they do tend to fall over. So I'm going to take uh, United's left back, whoever's going to be playing, Shaw, or Williams, they're both three to one for a card. And um, Jamal Lewis was carded last week, the left back for Newcastle. Yeah, I think three to one's just about fair. So I'd have a small stake on that. But just as a bit of an outside shot, um, Rashford, who 
should be covering really um, on Talanta. He's 10 to 1 for a card um, on that left hand side with, with Bet365, which just looks a bit too big. Um, he, he has been carded quite a bit uh, for, a, for a forward player, and double figure price is very tempting. Um, so, yeah, I'd have small stakes on the player cards bet, but my main player is both teams to score. Good stuff. Uh, Will, um, Brighton won plenty of plaudits for their style and approach under Graham Potter. Uh, quite often, though, it does tend to come unstuck against the, the best teams in the Premier League. So what's your view on their chances against United? And, and can you share your approach to this game and, and how you're going to bet it? Yeah, um, I kind of, a great minds, Tom. I, I was looking at the exact same things with this uh, left side of Man United, right side of Brighton heat map area as well. Um Maybe, you know, maybe, I mean, Lamptey's been amazing, hasn't he? He, that direct approach might be tamed down a little bit for, like you say, in a, in a game against a bit of a better opposition. But um, if they do go for that 5-3-2 again, so they're playing like Ben White at, at right centre-back on, on the inside of uh, of Lamptey, then maybe he'll still be given that licence to have a go at them. And as as we've said, I think, I mean, Luke Shaw's looked awful recently. Um, I don't know if Brandon Williams will start ahead of him, but there would be some room to... That's definitely Brighton's strongest side with more pay, usually playing right striker as well, if they go for two strikers. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm look, I was looking at... That was literally my main bet, would have been the left-back as well. <laughs> Tom's taking it. But no, no, great minds. Yeah, what I would say about Lamptey as well is if he is going to push forward like that, um, in this game, and like he has got Rashford playing on his left on the left wing, Lamptey himself for a card could be. If this is the action area where most of the game's going to be played as well, he could be worth looking at. He's eighteen to five for a card at Bet Victor. Um, so far in his league career, he's had twelve yellows in forty matches, which is thirty percent. So that would suggest that eighteen to five is a bit of value. It's still probably too small a data set to really go off solely that stat, but. Um, that would that would tempt me. Um, depending on lineups, obviously, uh, I'd, I'd started looking at this tie as well based upon cards. Chris Kavanagh is the ref, and it's, he's really low for pens and reds, both um, zero point one two per game each. So I looked away from that. But from a cards only perspective, he's all right. He's middle of the road with about three point eight per game. And U- United's matches last season were r- really card heavy. Um, I don't have the exact number to hand, but I, I was looking into there to how often they won the most booking points themselves, um, simply because Man United are the, well, Brighton are the favourites for, for most cards in this game, despite picking up eight less than United last season. So I was starting to look towards United um, on the card handicaps, but then I looked at game uh, the opposition against United last season and, and and uh, United only won the most booking points in 29% of their uh, matches, which suggests then they should be 12 to 5 to be uh, to have the most booking points, but they're actually 13 to 8. So it just appears that whilst United do pick up quite a bit of cards, their style of play makes other teams pick up even more cards. So I'm I kind of shying away from that and just looking more at cards on on the right back and right midfield as well, like um tom mentioned basuma will be gone from here so dave could be playing right defensive mid um he's only just come back from an achilles injury 
so he's he's six to one for a card at Bet365 and Sky as well. Um, and then, yeah, exactly like Tom said, left back for United, but also maybe that if United deploy a two deep line midfielders, the left side of that could be interesting, which would probably be uh, Scott McTominay or Nemanja Matic. Both of them are around five to one. Um, so that's my approach for that. I think United at three to four looks tempting, like we've said, like a bigger price than previously as well in that when they won three nil. But uh, Brighton started really well. They were really went at Newcastle last week and I'm just not interested in odds on away uh, quotes for United there. OK, well, I've taken out lots of cards from that game or at least United's left back area for the game at Brighton. But um, let's move on. Uh, each week we're going to look at one of the big games in Europe. Tom put out a poll on Wednesday to see which of the four fixtures you guys wanted us to cover. Roma's Sunday night game of Juventus narrowly edged out Leipzig versus Leverkusen. Uh, Tom, Roma deducted points this week for fielding an eligible player against Verona in their opener. Not really an ideal start. Uh, Juventus, on the other hand, a comfortable win over Sampdoria in Andrea Pirlo's first game in charge. So what do you make of this game? I think Juventus are way too short at around even money here. Um, I can't be backing them. Um, off such little evidence, really. Um, they did win, but they were against Sampdoria, who were one of the worst sides, really, last season, I thought, in Syria. Um, it will be interesting to see what Roma do. Um, I think they they might be pumped up for this now, um, after seeing that. They, they did batter Verona, really. Um, racked up over two expected goals. Conceded just 0.6. Um, 21 shots in that game as well. So they probably deserve to win and they've ended up with a 3-0 defeat because they've been very um, silly and not doing their due diligence. And um, one of the players was ineligible, as you mentioned. So, yeah, quite a bizarre start to the season for them. Um, but I do like Roma whenever I watch them. Um, I watched quite a bit of Syria last season and they, especially towards the end of last season, they were very... Um, very happy to play quite attacking football under Fonseca, who's always been a um, very attack-minded manager um, from his days at Shakhtar as well. And he, he likes to play with wing-backs um, and kind of fluid forwards, really. Um, tends to play with Dzeko. Obviously, he wasn't involved last week. Uh, they actually started with Henrik Mkhitaryan as kind of a false nine, uh, with Pellegrini supporting him. Um, which was quite odd, but um, he he had a lot of chances. Um, his X, XG was over one, I think. Um, he had a lot of presentable opportunities, just didn't manage to put them away. So um, what I was looking at here is he, if they do start with Mkhitaryan up front here, he's 18-5 to five to score any time with Unibet. And um, you don't really see a price like that for someone who would be starting as the the main striker in a, a game where I do expect goals, to be honest. Um, I was looking at the over 2.5, a bit shorter than I wanted, though, um, because I do think it'll be quite end-to-end. I mean, Syria kind of got hit with the stick of being quite defensive and dour in the past few years. That's not the case at all anymore. Uh, the last couple of seasons have been very entertaining, uh, much more so than the Premier League in Spain for me especially. It's up there with the Bundesliga as a, a, a division to watch, really. And um, 
Roma have been party to that uh, kind of change in style and ethos. They've been very attack-minded, as I mentioned, and I think they will be here. I think they will go for the win. And um, that should leave gaps open for Juventus as well. So maybe one, one of my main angles here was both teams to score and over two and a half goals, which is a much more backable price, around 17 to 20. Uh, I think it was um, because I can see um, it being quite adventurous from both sides. Under Perlo, we're not really sure how Juventus are going to play. I'm going to hold out on backing them for a while, to be honest. Um, uh, it was interesting to see Dejan Kulusevski, who came in uh, from... Well, he was at Atalanta, was on loan at Parma last season. He looks a really, really good player. Um, still very young, but um, looked really dangerous and linked up well with Ronaldo and Dybala. So I, I think that... Juventus will score here, but I, I fancy Roma to get a goal or two as well. So both teams to score and over two and a half will be uh, a play for me. Um, but I am going to dip into the props market. One thing that I tell quite a lot last season, um, given Roma's formation, um, they like to play with Veritut, who's quite a deep line midfielder. And that means that the wingbacks can really get involved in the attacks. And on the left-hand side, they've got Spinazzola who's been excellent uh, with Man of the Match, actually, last week, uh, according to who scored, had a really good rating. He actually managed three shots in that game, um, two from outside the area as well, and he's priced up with Coral on their build-your-bet market. He's 5-6, to six, or 1.83, to have a shot in the game, just one shot from anywhere, um, and that's too big. Uh, it landed quite often for me last season, especially towards the end when they kind of change the formation style. Um, and as I mentioned, they had three shots last week. He had two, two or more shots quite often towards the end of the season. Uh, that's four to one. And three or more, a repeat of last week, is 16 to one. Because uh, he's pretty much playing as a left winger um, when you look at how they play and the heat maps and stuff like that. So have a look at Spinozola. Um, main bet would be for one shot. Um, but two or three at big prices, I could not put you off that. Um, I mentioned two of his shots were outside the box as well. That's 22 to 1 for a repeat of that. So plenty of big prices to get stuck into there. I've already got on. Um, hopefully the price will last. But um, yeah, really keen on uh, the left wing back for Roma to cause carnage down that side. Yeah, I like that. Some good angles there. Tom, uh, Will, Romy Juventus Sunday night in the Eternal City. Should be a good one, shouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, last season, these teams actually, in the end, weren't separated by too much. But uh, I feel like that end of the season kind of maybe muddied the waters a little bit. Um, there were 13 points yeah, between them, but Juve lost three of their last four. Um, with the title all but kind of tied up. And Roma won four straight to secure group stage Europa League football so uh, I still I think it'll be quite a competitive game yeah with Perlo just coming in he's obviously massively unproven, um, unproven. I mean sure he fits these the nice Instagram kind of profile of, of where apparently they want to go with the club and maybe they're looking really to try and grow supporter bases abroad uh, maybe Sarri wasn't the best manager for that um, apparently they're even they've even they weren't really the best pleased with his smoking habits and everything. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, looking looking at this match in particular, um, 
Fonseca as well for for Roma. Yeah, his tactical build-up play is based on um, exactly wing backs like like Tom mentioned and and ball playing centre backs and a decent goalkeeper doing the same thing. Um, if we rewind to January, Juve were two point one five to win this fixture uh, in front of fans. Um, so clearly they've dropped a bit. They've dropped the price a bit. So clearly they've either um, already eroded that for for home field advantage being removed. Um, so that, or they believe maybe potentially that Roma have declined even further compared to Juve. But personally, my thoughts on Juve, they obviously failed to get Suarez in with uh, some passport issues. And they've gone from a Morata instead who had success in the past with them. But uh, I, I just I get the feeling that they're slightly declining. Um, they've got some good young players around, but they've also got a bit quite of a mix of of old players. Um, Ronaldo is obviously 35. Benucci, Chiellini, they're both getting on a bit. Arthur came in as well as the main another main arrival, but I'm not massively convinced on him. I wouldn't say he was a world class player. Um, so, yeah, and particularly as well, I guess if I'm saying this is going to be a tight game to start with uh, early season, you know, don't want to give too much away to each other. Um, and with the build-up play that probably Perlo and Fonseca both would, would opt for, I think we're looking at a slow start. And last season, Juve were quite often slow, slow starters. Um, 50% of their wins came from uh, draw halftime, win full-time scenario. Um, whereas you compare that to Inter and... Uh, 20 of uh i've 20 inter wins only three of them were the same were a draw at halftime and and win at full time so juve were very often slow starters um and a nine you get nine to two on that on that draw halftime juventus full time uh and that's going to be my bet okay interesting um almost time for the guys naps and long shots but first last week we ran a competition uh, with the biggest price winner scooping a £20 free bet. Big shout out to PD, who called Hibbs double chance and over two and a half goals at six to one in the game against Rangers. He takes the top prize, uh, but big credit to Luco, who proposed a red card in Chelsea v Liverpool at nine to two, so not too far behind. In second place, PD will be in touch with you to claim your £20 free bet. We're going to run two competitions this week, actually. Uh, each with a £20 free bet up for grabs. First up, same format as last week. Tweet us your biggest priced fancy of the weekend and the biggest priced winner will take the £20 free bet. Uh, Tom has already put out the feelers on Twitter. Get your entries into us before Friday night, please. And we'll re- reveal the answers or reveal the winner, I should say, uh, next week. We've already had a few entries in already, which I'll just try and recap very quickly. Uh, AMK has gone for Ipswich minus one and a half and Link minus one and a half at almost nine to one. Tips to Jay has gone Lalana booking at seven to one. Gambino, seven plus Hibs corners against Celtic at ten to one. Uh, I can't say his name. Farangba has gone for a, a penalty hacker, something there for you, Will. Uh, numerous <laughs> games in the Premier League at, uh, what was it, 365 to one. Massive wow. price. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Cunningham, a great guy for Scottish football, has gone for. Uh, Hibs and both teams to score at 18 to 1 against Celtic at the weekend. Uh, James Long, Maguire, and Alzate to be carded at 40 to 1. Jack Spooner, Trossard, two shots on target from outside the box at 16 to 1. Stephen Smith, Luke Freeman, two plus shots on target at 11 to 1 in Huddersfield Forest on Friday night. 
Paul Byrne, Chelsea to win 4-1 at 20-1. Kieran Gleeson, Ipswich to beat Rochdale 2-0 at 7-1. Alex has gone Nam Mendy to be booked at 6.5. Uh, Jamie Buchan has gone Zaha, first goal scorer at 9-1. Ryan Monaghan has gone for Luton to beat Watford in the derby 1-0 at 11-1. Uh, Matt Lobby has gone for a over one point, over one cards for Sheffield United, over one cards for Leeds and Leeds to win the game in the derby in the Premier League at 16-1. to And I think that's about where we're at at the time of recording. I know a few have probably come in since, uh, but they are some of your entries. Uh, but we're also going to run a second competition this weekend, and it's very easy to enter. All we need from you is to share the podcast. Simply retweet the podcast from midday on Friday when it's been released to the public. We know WLB Gold members do gain early access on Thursday evenings, but if you can retweet any of the podcast links from midday on Friday to help share the podcast, we'll pick out one of you who does next week for a £20 free bet as well. So two chances there to win £20 free bets for next week. Um we're obviously quite new in the podcast world, so we'd really appreciate all the help and possible shout-outs to a wider audience. Tell your friends, tell your family. That'd be great. Thank you very much. Right, uh, we're almost at the end of the show. Um, please do let us know if you've enjoyed it, if you've got any feedback or any ideas for future editions. Your views, your opinions always help us sculpt a show that you want to listen to. So if you could do, that'd be fantastic. If not, that's the housekeeping done. Tom, firstly, your long shot, please. My long shot is going to stay in the Premier League. In fact, I usually tend to go abroad for these, but I can't really dismiss the quotes of 6-1 to one for Burnley to beat Southampton and both teams to score. Just looks too big there. It has been shipped in a bit with a lot of bookies. It's still some 6-1 to one with uh, Red Zone, I believe. If you don't have an account with them, a lot of places, places have it around 11-2. to two. I'd still probably make that a bet. Um, anything short I'd probably leave it but uh, yeah it's something that I really like here just just on Southampton I was mad keen on them at the start of the season um, really impressed with what I saw last season but again it was a poor start to the season if you think back 12 months uh, earlier they, they got off to a pretty shoddy start um, or even though the data was actually quite good it's kind of repeating itself now and I do wonder if now, 5-1 defeat against Spurs has really knocked their confidence um, because they, they did perform okay in that, um, apart from their approach to the game, um, which was ridiculous, really, when you've got the likes of Son to go in behind that high line. Um, Jose Mourinho is smart enough to, well, anyone's smart enough to know, get, get someone with pace in behind that, and uh, if they can finish it, you're onto a good thing. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll change their tact here. Um, they haven't really under Hassan Hootel before. And it has kind of paid dividends in the end, I guess. But I do wonder about how that, that's not the confidence. Um, Hassan Hootel looked a, a bit confused after that game. Understandable why. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to Burnley here. And they're, they're quite comfortable favourites, which I'm not having. Uh, Burnley always seem to get very underappreciated in the market, uh, even though their data is actually okay. Um, if you hark back a couple of years, um, they were finishing in the Europa League places with bottom three data. Um, that's not really been the case last season, especially. At the start of this season, they've been much more competitive in games and not really had to rely on... Um, 
a really deep block and uh, absorbing lots of shots. They've been quite proficient and uh, they're, they're a good team. Um, I like to watch them, to be honest, and I think they'll cause some problems at home. They did the double over Saints last season as well, quite comfortably. As I mentioned before, they won the XG battle against Leicester, despite losing 4-2. Uh, worrying news about Jay Rodriguez, he might be out for this one, but uh, if they bring Matej Vidre in, then he's got that pace to get him behind that high line, which is something I would have expected anyway. I thought that uh, he'd have probably brought Vidre in for this as a one-off, because um, he is a good finisher when he's through one-on-one, always has been, and um, he's, he's got the pace to get him behind that high line. So I expect Burnley to win, but uh, Saints are always a threat going forward, aren't they? And um, uh, Burnley did concede far at the end of the day against Leicester, so... I'm expecting a Burnley win here. It could be a 2-1 or a 3-1. Um, but I think 6-1 on them to win and both teams to score at home against a team that are shipping them for fun is way too big. Great stuff. Uh, Will, your long shot, please. A long shot first, yeah. Um, so I, there's the spine of uh, Newport's side was there for their... Um, sorry, Cambridge side was there for their 1-0 defeat to... To Newport and EFL Cup, uh, it was ten days ago or so. So I'm not really convinced. Um, Yet yeah, they got hammered on possession and outshot 28-8. So I'm not really convinced by um, their five-nil away win against Morecambe last weekend. Um, just looking at the data, basically Cambridge have just uh, uh, shouldn't be top of the league. Um, and yeah, um, their three-nil uh, win on opening David Carlisle was also a bit of a falsehood, where they lost a shot, uh, shot count five nineteen as well. Um, I had Cambridge down finishing around nineteenth, and and Tranmere in the top six comfortably. Uh, so it's been a bit of a, re- a reverse so far. Um, uh, Tranmere haven't started too well with defeats in the EFL Cup and the EFL Trophy as well. But um, I'm going for them. Minus one Asian handicap at four to uh, four point five, so seven to two, with bet three six five. Um, both meetings last season they kept a clean sheet against uh, Cambridge, so you could opt for that. Uh, opt for the win to nil in, at the same price. Um, they brought in Liam Feeney from Blackpool, who had uh, the most assists in the EFL last season of seventeen. Um, and yeah, in general, I just don't. I don't like the use too much they finished 21st last season don't see them progressing much beyond that they've they brought in Wes Houlihan but he's now 38 Paul Mullin has joined from Tranmere so the exact opposition so maybe he'll have his bit between his teeth a bit but um otherwise just some solid additions around but it doesn't look like they're going to progress too much and I just think Tranmere are underachieving so far and potentially the odds have swung too far in, in the wrong direction. So Tranmere minus one Asian handicap, uh, get your money back if it's if they win by one, basically. Yeah, I like that. Please don't mention Cambridge to me more. Uh, I wrote a column last week and put more come up to get a result in that game. So <laughs> quite embarrassing to see them get absolutely <laughs> shellacked by Cambridge. There we go. Um, Tom, let's go back to you then for your nap, your best bet of the weekend. Yeah, staying close to home again here. Doncaster to beat Bristol Rovers 21-20 to with Bet Victor. They've actually gone out a bit. Uh, they did come in, so odds on, um, which did make me kind of second think, but they're back out again, 2.05. That's a bet for me. Um, just really, really like what Darren Moore's done in the transfer window. I think that 
in League One, um, they, they've been the best side um, in terms of recruitment. Really good in the lower market. Eh? He must have some good contacts, must Aaron Moore, because he's, he's got some really, really talented young players in. And they're looking really good. I'm, look, I'm looking at their starting lineup, and it's very, very strong indeed. Could do with a bit more depth. Um, but they've got pretty much everyone fit here. Bursic, the goalkeeper, um, has played for England at youth level. Um, he, he looks really strong in goal. And then the defence is kind of um, something that they've played with uh, for the majority of last season as well. They look quite quite settled at the back, but it's going forward where I really like what they've got. Um, in midfield, they've brought in uh, Madja Gomez, someone who we've not really heard too much about in England. Um, he was at Leeds, I think, uh, as a youth player, um, but he's been about on the continent a bit. They've brought him in and he's really impressed the Donny fans so far. Him and uh, Ben Whiteman in midfield holding. Just look really, really strong. And then in front of them, you've got the likes of Taylor Richards, who's on loan for Brighton, who's a player I've mentioned before in um, our pre-season pod. I think that he's going to be a real star uh, in this league. Got great vision, um, very clever movement as, as well, uh, and can drive with the ball. They brought in Ryan Pullock from West Brom. Um, a lot of scouts have looked at him over the years, really highly touted as well. Didn't have a brilliant game in his debut, but um, there's plenty more to come from him. And then Tyrese John-Jules has come in from Arsenal, who is a player who can stretch defensive uh, defences. He's really, really dynamic, and um, he's going to cause carnage in this league. I can't believe that he's dropped down to League One, to be honest. I thought that he'd be looking at a loan to the Championship. Um, did really well for Arsenal youth team. And um, he, he's with players who... Um, he'll have played with uh, England at youth level as well. So plenty of uh, good chemistry between these players. They've still got Okuna Behiri up front as well as an option. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of stacked going forward and I expect them to get the most against Bristol Rovers, who are a team that I actually backed on the Wheel of Betting anti-post podcast at 8-1 for relegation. They've started poorly as expected. They're into about 7-2 to now already just after two games so um the faith is kind of dropping with them and rightly so can't be convinced with ben garner as their manager at the minute uh they've done poor business i think overall in the transfer window losing clark and circum in midfield a big blow and then they've um, lost johnson clark harris as well up front not really replaced um clark harris either they're lacking physicality brought brandon hanlon in um but gillingham fans weren't very uh, bothered about that and um, Bristol Rovers announced it as kind of a uh, uh, a major signing for them so yeah very worrying times for the gas um, very poor away from home as well failed to win in the last nine and if you are a head-to-head uh, punter Donny have won seven of the last eight meetings scoring twice in the last four so uh, a lot going for Donny here I can't believe their odds against um I was tempted to bat them minus one on the Asian handicap as well, but given it's um, odds against, no need to get too greedy. Uh, I think they'll do the job here. Yeah, tough times for Bristol Rovers right now. Um, moving on to Will, your favourite fantasy of the weekend, please. Yeah, um, I'm going to head a bit further afield to Northern Norway, uh, to the elite Syrian. Um, 
I promise I have some decent insights on Norwegian footballs. It's not all just me staring at a, a league table. Um, <laughs> Orlesund, um, they won the second division in Norway last season, but they've massively struggled since coming up. Um, just uh, they only had one defeat all season, so they were really fancied to kind of survive fairly easily. But and going forward, they've been all right. They've, they've got uh, Frid Jonsson, he's bagged 11 for them. Uh, but they're just getting massively outscored and they've got only only one win in 18 attempts now. Um, and that win as well came against Start, who were promoted with alongside them last season. So um, not exactly inspiring stuff. And goal difference of minus 30, 53 goals conceded in just 18 games. Um, they, they actually changed manager a few weeks ago um, as well. Um, Larzan and Nilsson. Three. I've, I've been reading a little bit of Norwegian Eurosport stuff, and um, an ex, their expert over there, Joachim Jonsson, is pretty critical of that approach already. That's come in. He thinks that they need to basically look to rebuild for uh, another for another season in the second division already, because we're there's only twelve games to go in Norway, and they're eight points off of um, the relegation playoff position. Um, and then looking at Rosenborg, uh, they're playing in the Europa League tonight, um, but they're at home. So I'm not too worried about that. And even though it's still about 250 miles between Orlesund and Rosenborg, that's relatively small distance in Norwegian uh, away day travel. Um, and so, yeah, they're playing in Trondheim tonight, um, which I'll have one eye on that. But uh, their squad is more than capable of a three day uh, turnaround anyway, I, I believe, in com- for, in comparison to other Norwegian squads, they've they signed um, odds top scorer, which is Torgeir Borven. Um, he's top scorer of last season, and they've also got Dino Islamovic. Both of those guys are firing. Islamovic has five in his last six. Basically, it's it was a really bad start from Rosenborg, um, and they've warmed into it. Unfortunately for them, Bodo Glimt have caught everyone eye everyone's eyes and absolutely just ran away with the league. Um, but there's still a bit to play for, for, for second and third, for some more European chances. And, um, Mulder actually qualified last night for, um, for the Champions League group stage, I think it was. So, so Norwegian football's going places at the moment and, um, and Rosenborg, uh, are looking strong and hopefully they could do well in the Europa League tonight as well. And also see off Orlesund this weekend. And they are 1.97 with bet 365 to win. Um, sorry, with minus one Asian handicap, so similar to my long shot attempt. I just see Orlesund conceding three or four here, um, even though they're at home. It doesn't really seem to, I don't really think that's going to make too much difference, even though there are some fans back in games in Norway. Uh, so yeah, Rosenborg minus one Asian handicap at 1.97. Great stuff. Okay, guys, uh, unless there's any other business you'd like to share with us now, um, yeah, I've got something. Um, just, just kind of what I've what I've seen at my club at Bradford City. Um, massive defensive injury crisis at the minute and suspension crisis. Really, uh, two of our centre halves got sent off against Forest Green last week. Paddy O'Connor and his namesake Anthony O'Connor both got their marching orders. They're not going to look at them again. Uh, McCall said so. They're both ruled out. This weekend, uh, Reese Staunton, who's come in at left centre half in this back five that McCall's kind of opted for, he went over on his ankle. He's ruled out as well. 
So there's a real injury crisis at the back for the Bantams. Um, it looks like Ben Richards-Everton will be coming in. He's been far from convincing since he joined the club. Uh, Tyler French might have to move across the centre-half. Um, and McCaw might have to opt for a four, which is not really his style this season. Um, so we're hosting Stevenich on Saturday. And um, kind of all, all the word that we've had out of um, Valley Parade is that uh, McCall wants to play a really attacking kind of brand of football. It's not really um, come to fruition as yet, um, but I do expect them to go for the win here and they're going to have a lot of pressure on them from fans against Stevenich, who really struggled last season. Um, but Stevenich did do well uh, last last couple of weeks. I think that they're, they're going to have a threat and they can certainly score against Bradford. Um, with, with the defensive injuries that we've got. So both teams to score. Uh, there's some odds against about, if you look on odds checker, which is just way too big. Um, I, I'm expecting that um, to shorten up. I'd probably have that around four to five, if not shorter. So I'll be backing that. And just uh, one other thing, just back on the Brighton game, is Pascal Gross hasn't really been involved much. Um, he usually is on, on free kicks and corners for them. Um, but it looks like Leandro Trossard and Solly March are going to be taking corners from either side. Trossard on the majority of free kicks as well. And they're both 15-2 to two for an assist against United. Uh, and given the three centre-halves that Brighton have, uh, they're always a threat from set pieces. So, um, yeah, maybe split your stakes and have a little bit on Trossard and March for an assist. I think that both available with Sky and Coral. Okay, great stuff. Um, all right, I think that takes us to the end of the, the Wheel of Betting podcast in association with Gamba. Uh, thanks very much for your time. Please do let us know if you have enjoyed the podcast and, of course, let us know uh, how you get on with your weekend bets as well. Thank you very much, Tom. Cheers, mate. I love it. And thank you very much as well to you, Will. Cheers, mate. Thanks, guys. This has been the Wheel of Betting weekend review podcast. Chat soon. Cheers.